it's weird how like you get thrown into so much more in especially smaller schools, yeah. which I think is super dope. But I guess we'll technically start now, even though I'm definitely adding all of what you most can of what edit around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what, whatever. But yeah. so this episode of the podcast is featuring my homie, known him for it's been almost three four years now. It has. <sighs> Shoot, dude, it's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. I'm freaking crazy. I think this is around year four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, Mr. Ian Rutherford studying to do his DMA in trombone performance. Killer musician, knows too much. I'm always blown away. <laughs> this guy. And, and <laughs> too kind. Too kind. <laughs> listens to everything, my homie, Ian. So, what up, homie? Thank you, sir. What a what a generous introduction. Oh, shucks. Glad to be here, my man. Uh, uh, excited yeah. to talk about some music. Oh, for real. Like, we were, what were we just talking about? I don't even remember. Just. A the lot of stuff about crazy in a- academia and sort of how music ed is structured. And, oh, yeah. well, and then it kind of got into this small school, big mm-hmm. school. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's start there. Why yeah. not? Because yeah. I, I do want to get into what you're listening to right now because that's because who always. freaking knows what it is. And that's yeah. all, it's always fun. But, For yeah, sure. let's kind of keep talking about that. Like, because yeah. we both came from smaller schools. We did. Uh, which I find and I think you agree are great experiences. There's a lot of like downfalls to them but there's so many pros like the fact that like my instructors like encouraged me to do so many things outside of my primary wheelhouse yes i am forever grateful on that i would agree yeah i got to do a lot more things because they needed a lot more bodies and things um Mm -hmm. yeah we ran we ran a uh oh what was it called uh, we, it was a band, though, that the school introduced like 10 years before I got there. And it was like people that were 75 years or older. Really? Oh, yeah. that's awesome. And so some of them were like pretty good musicians that were just retired and stuff. And that was like the band for conducting classes. Like when we were learning, learning tunes, you know, first Sweet Knee Flat or by uh, Holst or something. There it was we like, go. get in front of this band. You're <laughs> going to rehearse them. Everyone in the class is going to do one rehearsal with oh, this yeah. band. And, you know, they're just old people, so they're super generous. Mm-hmm. They're just stoked to be playing good oh, music. Yeah. And, like, I feel like that's a program that would be really hard to set up at a big 10, you know, just a big yeah. university in general. A hundred percent. Like, I had this literally, like, just about the same experience. There were two things that we did here at Union. We did one was we each for the band and or the choir and or the orchestra, we would have one or two songs that we would fully rehearse and conduct. Nice. The yeah. whole one. I think... They didn't necessarily do it for freshmen, but as soon as you did conducting class, oh, you were you yeah, were conducting you were going to do one all the way through. <laughs> and if you're music ed, especially, it's like you need that baton time. You need that time in front of people learning how to hear things like oh, you yeah. need to hear things from that area and be oh, able yeah. to point out. Yeah, and it's hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, and it's I feel like it's so different at big schools because usually it's like we're gonna get a class of mixed instrumentation of people oh, yeah. that are good musicians. And you're just going to conduct this. I mean, and it, and it works and, and it is what it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what it has to be. And I think it does its job. But it was nice being able to be in front of a big band, like a big, a full concert 100%. band with people. Yeah. And yeah. again, yeah, getting pushed into, I mean, I know they do this here. And I think this is a good thing of like mm. in one of the lower bands or community bands playing a different instrument if you're in one of the yeah. skills classes or something mm-hmm. like that i think that's such a good that's thing. one of the best practical things especially for like teachers yeah like and, that's uh, uh, yeah you, you have to do it oh 100 percent. like i remember because when i when i started my undergrad i wanted to do music ed and look at me now after doing choral conducting and now vocal performance <laughs> and mu- media production Ooh. 
yeah. who knows what's going to happen. All of it. All of it. But yeah. I remember I started wanting to do music ed, didn't even do a single, I haven't done a single ed class okay. <laughs> the uh, whole you, time. <laughs> you might be better off, honestly. Honestly, I, I think probably so. I think taking a psych course, maybe like child psychology mm -hmm. was useful. I remember taking that. And thinking, you know, like this is very practical, you know, knowing how to understand how kids' minds work is pretty useful when oh, you're teaching yeah. kids. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> But like history of American education, no offense to any historians of American education, couldn't tell you a single thing about it <laughs> anymore. And I took the class and I don't think I've ever used a moment of that. Who, man. For music, you, the only thing that I can think of in the history of American education that we talk about is like the shaped note singing, mm. like the old solfege oh, yeah. by rote, all like oh, the church singing kind of stuff. You I know feel your like hand that, signs? Yeah. I used to. <laughs> In high school, we did it. I never learned them. Yeah. Undergrad, that was mm. one thing that I think I was a little... Uh, I missed out on because I was really good at it in high school. We were a big solfege mm -hmm. um, school in high school. And then it was numbers. Yeah. Were you numbers? I, w I was okay. literally none of them. And only because I think we, no, I wasn't any of them. But I also know that had I even tried to learn any of, any of those things at that time, it would have gone in the same pile of Too stuff much. that I should know, but yeah. can't possibly wrap Plus, my mind around. I thought solfege was so helpful. Oh. So helpful. It um, was I think the most helpful bit was me doing chromatics. Oh, that yeah. that was that was the one that I nailed down and like actually locked in because mm -hmm. I was like, I need to probably know a half step <laughs> so might, I can tell if I'm in up. tune or not. Yeah, it might come up. <laughs> but like everything else, couldn't remember any of them. Like, and I knew like what they were. Yeah. You know, but like it wasn't like quick access. Oh yeah, way. it's gone now. Oh, yeah. I don't think I could even sign. A oh, major yeah. scale I got or anything. Do, Ray, <sighs> me, Fa. Okay. So why do you need oh, two hands for this? So, sorry, <laughs> I'm, I went back to <laughs> high school <laughs> doing it right well, there. Well, I just didn't know either. I was like, oh, so, I didn't know there was two so, hands. <laughs> is it law? And then I thought this was T T T T T. T, T yeah, close enough. It was gone. And yeah. I, yeah, I used to, I mean, I used to know the chromatic scale too, and I thought it was super useful. And for kids that didn't mm -hmm. know notes, they oh, yeah. were picking up interval mm -hmm. and intervals and things like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I had a piano, an old man piano performance mm -hmm. guy that taught me aural skills, and he was like tone deaf. Oh, man. Yeah, which <laughs> there's, one, there's one of the fallbacks of a small school. Oh, is 100%. You don't get a vocalist or someone that in each area yeah that has like actually, experience in oh, it yeah. he was thrust into hey we don't have an oral skills to teachers so now you're going to do it oh yeah and he was like from texas and he oh, had a terrible <laughs> terrible singing voice and like we That's were all hilarious. so much better at oral skills That's real than funny him. like the very thing that actually i think helps out students for small schools is also the detriment. Just the fact that because like you'll be thrust into all these sort of things. Yeah, you're gonna have many roles. But your instructors will also have the exact same situation. Yeah. And luck unlucky for you, they're not necessarily 
<laughs> yeah, well, and some of <laughs> Trained that, all I, the think, way I think some of that goes way. all the way up to the dean in some ways. Oh, 100%. Like, how do you not have a vocalist like, teaching oral skills? <laughs> if, if that's an option, <laughs> why aren't we using it? There's like, multiple vocal instructors here <laughs> with doctorates, and you chose like, the piano performance guy? It's like, like yeah, real not. close. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe you could teach theory. True. Definitely. Probably. Or history. Probably. probably. One, one but oral skills. There's, yeah. there's some other choices that it's, could have been made. It's it's something else. But, you know, yeah. I think that's something, especially as I look onto, like, the idea of music ed education, and especially, like, someone who hasn't necessarily, who's been in it without going through, like, learning of it, you know? Like, I yeah, didn't go the through actual, the actual curriculum, yeah. you know? I didn't go through any of that, but, like, I'm in it, you know? Well, yeah, and we're, you're a part of it every day. A hundred percent. And and so much uh, I mean, and I think a lot of it too is you got to pay attention in ensembles and, and in mm -hmm. lessons and pick up on the things that your instructors are doing. And I think that a lot of the time people just aren't doing that and they, you know, pick up bad habits that, you know, they could have easily avoided just by listening to their own instructors and 100%. picking up on what they do. But it's what know, it is. we're busy. We're all busy. <laughs> you know, maybe we're in a bad mood or whatever. It, it, it could be a million things, but Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of the good educational practices I learned were from my undergrad trombone instructor and doc. Mm -hmm. And they were in one-on-one -on -one settings oh, yeah. of just how, maybe even just a conversation on how they taught someone else something. And oh, I'm yeah. like, okay. That practicality of it. Like, yeah. that's something I love, especially about, like, the classes I take, I'm taking this year. Like, I, we've talked about this a lot. Like, I'm so about... I mean, we're both so about, like, the actual practicality of, like, what it is we're learning. Yeah, or and else what's the point? Exactly. Especially at this point in mm -hmm. our education, it's like, 100%. I don't need to waste my time with something that's not practical. A hundred percent. And so, like, for me, I've been, like, really looking at, because, like, it's weird. Like, I'm a classical performance major, but I know I'm not. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause it's only an aspect yeah. like, and that's, yeah. that's where it is. Well, and that's the problem <laughs> yeah. with some, some very over, like <laughs> very overarched, uh, you know, oh, yeah. ideas because I, I, we're both, I mean, I definitely love doing classical music Same. and, I, and I, I could perform it for the rest of my life and be very happy. But if I couldn't do other genres as well, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be living up to what I should be. Yeah. You know, like we should be, expected to know and study and perform a lot of things that we're not right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there will be sort of a reckoning of sorts in academia at some point with that, because I mean, when did rock started? When did that start being studied? A hundred percent. Like maybe 20 <clears throat> years ago. Yeah. I think doc has been teaching that course for 20, 25 years tops. Yeah. And I bet he's one of the early, Mm -hmm. Academics that was like, yeah, we're this is important. Um, yeah, music theater also yeah. like about that same time frame, roughly. Exactly. Yeah, the nineties or yeah. early two thousands is yeah. when that was like, this is legitimate now. Yeah, and it's so like, I mean, in forty years, we might be, you might be performing. War Pigs which by Black Sabbath. So sick. Yeah, at a recital, <laughs> which would be a dream. It would be so cool. Yeah. Like and like yeah. the logistics of that. Like I, I really like thinking about that because I've been thinking about my vocal recitals and how I want to make them happen, knowing that I really am gonna need like actual ensembles yep. to accompany me. Yep. Which is a whole skill set that honestly, 
again, performers for sure should be developing. Oh like, yeah. Classical performers kind of do if they're doing like chamber. Chamber, stuff. I was gonna say. Like chamber ensembles, like you kind of get the idea and you kind of you kind of do it. Yeah. Anything definitely. outside of that, though, not as much. Like, it's harder to get an orchestra together. But <laughs> what? A little way, bit harder. Yeah. Way harder. But yeah. like, what exactly do you need to make an orchestra? Maybe like seven people, right? Just about somewhere around there. Like to get just enough yeah. of it. Like if you need, if, yeah. If you need a string orchestra, yeah. you could easily have seven. Exactly. People. Yeah. Like if you, because like you sure. think about like studio recording orchestras, like they're not always oh, huge. That, yeah. And so if like that's all the sound you really need, unless you need doubles, triples of a part, yeah. right? Well, and if it's but, with a vocalist in that setting, you could you could condense six, it. Yeah, five pe- five strings. Oh, you yeah. could sing very easily over that and be comfortable and 100%. not feel like you're just having to belt. Amen. Yeah. And so like that kind of a thing, like that's what I like thinking about that for me and my stuff. Like I'm I'm really I was talking with Greg about this and next next month once he's actually got some more time. Yeah. I'm gonna talk about like seeing if maybe I could do like a collab with JO or a big band nice. for like a full recital, like make it my whole oh, recital. nice. Because well, and I feel like you could very easily get together. A, a big band is a hell of a lot easier to get together than a full. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like most people. I mean, for you too, I feel like you could get good enough players where we could oh, be yeah. like, "I'm gonna learn my tunes. We're gonna meet up three times in total, and then do the thing." Oh yeah, and that's and that's what I'm. Most so people about. would be about that. Yeah, or you just have to find. Combo. You just yeah. got to find the charts, oh, the arrangements oh, of the Lord. charts. That is that's the tricky. You bit. know, you got to yeah. find some of those. Sinatra at the Sands, mm-hmm. uh, Quincy Jones arrangements. Oh, Ooh, speaking of that, have have you seen Quincy's documentary? I don't. Oh, freaking it's great! So great! It was so good. I loved that so much. I, I love actually, that guy. <laughs> I didn't even actually know about it somehow until a couple weeks ago. I was watching a video uh, by Joyce DiDonato. Okay, uh, yeah, the the soprano, yep. and she had. That's a random way to find out about. The I Quincy know because <laughs> so. Because I don't know if I talked to you about her tiny desk that she did a while oh, back, no, or if you've seen, seen it. it. Oh, it's sick. Okay, nice. Because what she did was because she's operatic soprano. Yeah, I was through gonna say through. yeah, yeah. Like she uh, w- took the like standard vocal rep that everyone gets for their freshman year singing that okay. everyone always some one way or another butchers. You know yeah, that yeah, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> These standards. Oh for yeah, those standard the classical vocal vocal yeah. rep. Uh, she took those and. She, with her music director, pianist, and a little combo, did jazz arrangements of them. Oh, nice. Wow. Which was sick. Okay. Now, before you think Joyce DiDonato was singing like jazz style, no, she sang completely operatic yeah, like, the whole yeah, time. She did that. growl once, which was sick. Uh, <laughs> it's like Audrey McDonald singing jazz, and, I, like, like, and I love her too, it's, but it's... It's different. It's definitely not <laughs> jazz. Yeah. Jazz. But it was it was really, really cool how it was put together. Yeah. I remember I think I watched it a year or so ago. We should be reconstructing some of those because why not? Exactly. Especially for people that have done them the right way before. It's like oh, yeah. a hundred percent. Like it's new. it's so cool and such an awesome like I'm always looking at it from the perspective of like opportunities to make new music, even out, especially out of out old, of old music. music. Yeah. Like so so sick. Like I've talked to you about doing yeah. uh, my R and B dish label, which is gonna happen yep. at some point, uh, or doing just taking French melody and putting making jazz arrangements of that. That's yep. something. Also, I'm gonna try and do that for my uh, uh, what's what's the lecture lecture for side lecture. I'm gonna try and nice. get that happening for my lecture. Nice. That's a good idea. So cool. Yeah. Right. But like, 
she had mentioned in an interview, it was like a 20, 40 minute interview that she was doing uh, for, I think it's called classical life or something. And she, yeah. And she was, she literally said something about like, she was watching his, do- the Quincy documentary nice. and, and she was, and she had said, um, he had said something about like, we've only been using like these 12 notes like this whole time. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where he's talking to that, like young, that young kid doing like oh, playing yeah. for his house party or whatever. It yeah. Was. Um, was that Joey Alexander? It wasn't Joey. It oh, was okay. another dude. I think it was a bassist. Okay. But he, or it might've been another pianist actually, but I don't remember. I, I watched also, it like the week yeah. it came out. Oh and yeah. I, so I haven't watched it in a long time. I also would like to take note that in that, as much as I, go back and forth on Jacob Collier all the time, <laughs> as we do. Uh, I don't listen to yeah. him that much, but <laughs> damn it, do I respect him. A hundred percent. I did find it really hilarious how he popped up near the, like, the beginning of the documentary like three different times. Well, he was, he was the, he's the guy now. He was, he was in it. Yeah. And yet, like, they legit, like, cut him out of it. Because <laughs> he was a nobody at that yeah, point. 100%. Yeah. Even at points where I think he was kind of a closer to someone. Grammy, somebody. at least yeah, one yeah, Grammy at, at least that point. at that point. But, like, yeah. like, the way they did it, like, they were like, this is Quincy and Quincy's friends. So, like, yeah. it was like, <laughs> it was like Little Jacob, Jacob Coyer. Quincy, Herbie. Quincy Herbie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're going to focus on the two yeah. legends <laughs> of this young British punk. And I was like, that's hilarious. It wasn't like, it's you know fine. the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Was I upset it happened? Yeah, I felt all right. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't cry about I forgot it. about it already, yeah. honestly. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I, I like Jacob Collier. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, what are you listening to right now? What am I listening to? So my New Year's resolution this year Ooh, go on. was to make a playlist a week with no repeated songs. All right. For the entire year. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. So I have to make mine for this week still, um, which we could talk about right now. We might Go we on. might put it together. But yeah, I mean, so this last week I uh, was listening to a lot of Julia Holter. Okay. Uh, in particular, the album Have You in My Wilderness. Hmm. Great album. Uh, very eclectic stuff. Um Use a lot of electronic instruments, mm-hmm. but it's it, it's quite out there. Um, but there's some very beautiful ambient type um, moments in it that I really like. Very oh, good okay. stuff. So I've been jamming on that album a lot. Um, what else have I been listening to? I've been uh, we have a, a malpractice gig on the 24th. Oh, okay. So I've been listening to a lot of what I'm singing for that. That that tracks as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've got a gig on the 24th yeah, of gotta, next month. <laughs> yeah, got to learn those yeah. songs. <laughs> and we added a few new ones. Actually, so the most important album that I've been listening to as of recently is Little Sims' new album. Mm. Have you listened to Little Sims' new album? I have. British not. rapper. Um, every one of her albums is really good. Um. Yeah, Gray Area was an awesome album as well. And yeah, I'm yeah, pretty much everything I'm looking up at her right now is like whew, good stuff. But yes, this last album, sometimes I might be an introvert. Mm. Maybe not a bad song on the whole record. Yeah. Very good stuff. Very intelligent rapper. Um, great flow, good beats, some good uh featured artists as well. Um, so that's a good one that if you haven't checked out. Oh, you know I I recommend. That's the, man, 
every time you come up saying something new, I that's what I was saying. You yeah. know too much <laughs> music. <laughs> I like, am. <laughs> I, I'm always on the lookout, though. See, that's that's the move. Like I always yeah. get like caught up. Like I don't. Well, because I always just hop back and forth so much. But then I'll yeah. sit in an album for a long time. That's the thing that I do. I'm so always much. like finding one or two new songs off mm-hmm. of new albums, and then I'll sit on that album for a long time. And oh, while yeah. I'm doing that, maybe find one or two more songs, Let's see. and then sit on an album. But I try and always find like a couple new songs every day if I can That's of a some good type. Move. And in I try to find them in all different genres as well. Mm-hmm. And the playlist that I've been trying to make, I'm trying to use a lot of different music. Oh, and yeah. they've all been an hour and 45 minutes to two hours long. Ooh. So consistently, right. or consistently like 25 to 30 songs. That's that's solid. I mean, that's enough to drive you back up and down from there. There's a lot. <laughs> it's There's been weeks where I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to use. <laughs> and then there's other weeks where I'm like, I have so much stuff that oh, yeah. I'll, ne- I'll, like, I'll have to put this on three or four playlists. Um, but yeah, another album that I've just been going back, this is the album actually when I, we talked this morning when that student came oh, up to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, he's like, yo, is this album really good? And I was like, literally a perfect album as well. Mm-hmm. Go check it out. Jamila Woods, mm-hmm. Legacy, Legacy. Um, and this is an older album. This is 2019. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but one of my favorite albums of that year, I remember being absolutely obsessed with it when mm. it came out. And all of the songs are based on, like, they are titled after famous um, artists, usually people of color. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, I'm assuming, oh, yeah. Frida Kahlo. I'm assuming Eartha Kitt, Miles Davis. I'm assuming Muddy Waters, I would assume. Oh, yeah. Sun Ra. Uh, mm-hmm. James Baldwin, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully Betty Davis, because Betty Davis is the yeah. queen. Um, but yeah, so like another great album, really good stuff. An R and B with some some hip hop and some rap in there, but usually a live full group, mm. which I love. That's what I was That's talking dope. to him about when he walked up. I th- yeah. I think I'm not sure, but I think it's Ronald Bruner Jr., who's Thundercats' brother. I think. Mm-hmm who's playing drums on some of those tracks. Monster drummer. Ugh. Played with Kamazi. Oh, um, yeah, yeah we got, dude could play so fucking, <laughs> just so fast. Um, oh, but yeah, great, great drummer. A lot of those great Dilla beats, mm-hmm. some of that off-kilter grooves, oh, yeah. which how, do, how can you not love? Of course. Um, but yeah, I've been listening to a lot of that. Um, actually, you know what I've been classical or vocal music I've been jamming on? Mm. And I'll never stop jamming on. I literally listen to the Singers Unlimited yes. on a weekly basis and have Bruh. for like six years. I literally. I and was, Gene Perling I, is a god. What was I listening? Gene Perling. Gene Perling. <laughs> I was listening to. It was a. It was a few weeks ago now. I was literally outside doing yard work, and I had just started playing. Just, I think it was woman vocals off of like some Ella album or something. Okay. And and uh I got to uh oh come on don't let me forget her name now. Oh and I forgot her name. <laughs> oh Blossom Deary. Oh there yeah, beautiful yeah. voice. Freaking yeah. fantastic. Yeah, the, one of Miles Davis's biggest influences uh-huh. on his playing style in that period. She uh I li- I heard her singing It's a, it's a very different voice too. 100%. Yeah, no one else sounds like her. And what's hilarious too is like I was listening to her and I was like I know this voice from somewhere. Why do I know this voice? Schoolhouse Rock. 
Oh, did she sing on something? She sang Figure Eight for sure. No way. Yeah. I did not know that. I know. I was like, what? Nice. Like, and I was like, Ah, I know that's that why I know it yeah. Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah. Schoolhouse yeah. Rock is great. Oh, freaking so great. I need to just watch Whoops. some Schoolhouse Rock. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, that's, I think that's it's a good on. Time. I think it's on Disney Plus. Tracks. I think they have some of those collections on there. Man. What, what a great show. And what great songwriting. I know. I, Her, would, I would kill to have a show like that right now that is teaching kids about conjunctions. hundred percent. How a bill is made with some just hip songwriter. Yeah, that'd be the dope thing about that too. Yeah. That I really like the idea of, because you know I'm thinking of video projects always now. That's an find an animator. A, exactly, you find make an animator. Make kids songs that are that, cool. That's a that's a literal YouTube channel in the making. Easy. Yep. Don't you dare steal our yeah. idea. TM. Give it five years. If we <laughs> haven't done it by then, yep. then you can steal it. I got some friends <laughs> that are already writing and making an animation show. See. Like yeah. that, that'd be so. It would be. You like, have it'd to be find the perfect time to come back too. Yep, you have to find someone that's really good at graphic design for mm-hmm. it to be good, though. I feel oh, yeah. like you got to have a new or creative animation style for it oh, to yeah. work. But I mean, there's and enough. the songs have to work too. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But there's enough stuff because I mean, it's. Hel- I don't know why I didn't even think about this because I had thought about doing like animated stuff. Specifically on like music content, yep. like music ed sort of content, yep. going over that sort of stuff, which has kind of happened here yeah, and there, but it hasn't. Stuff. It hasn't fully like blossomed or anything because okay. I mean it takes a lot of time, and usually yeah. the people that are doing it are both musician and animator, yep. and so out the window. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I think uh, Louis Zong has a video on like uh, what is it on? I think just chords. Like okay. basics on chords, mm-hmm. um, and it's fully animated. <clears throat> yeah, fully animated. But he animates it himself yeah. and does the music for it. So it's like really well done. But yeah. that takes month well, or two yeah. or more. And he's probably editing it. And doing exactly. Everything so he's alone. doing all of it himself, which is sick. But like I already know, my skill does not currently lie in animation. Yeah, like, that would take some time for it me. It would too. take even longer. I would have to learn how to draw and am- animate, which is cool. But there's other stuff I'm trying to learn to it do. Is it that practical? Yeah, right now? not not too helpful for yeah. me. So like, and I'm all about collaborating, anyways. You know. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the perfect collaboration exactly. idea, right there. So like doing something like that, especially going and branching out in different air, er- different areas. And is if it's kid songs too, yeah. I feel like that's you make a good kid song and, and you can you're take rolling. that to schools. Yeah. You can know that's where you can get in with some of these Lincoln Public Schools. Be mm-hmm. like, yo, I wrote this kid song. You know, it is appropriate. Oh yeah, it's good for them. It should be educational, you know. And you are gonna like the music, yeah, and you because it is good and it's catchy, and your kids will remember some whatever the song is about. I will never forget that figure eight is double four. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know how a bill is made into a law because yeah. of school rock, <laughs> and I don't think I would have remembered that from government class in high school. Oh Lord, no, of course and not. And I think our government teacher showed that video too. Yeah. <laughs> Because how, how can you not? That's just gold. Like that's like that's so freaking cool, and that's what I yeah. love about like where we are now, especially because like yeah. all these ideas for one, like are dope and possible, and especially in a spot where we have the opportunities of stuff like YouTube yep. and even TikTok, which I wish I could wrap my brain around that properly. Yeah, I, I mean, I love TikTok. I like I love it, but I've I never also done know, like I can't it. like, yeah. like <laughs> to. To do it, I'm like, oh, good lord! There's just 
it's overwhelming. overwhelming. Yeah. So overwhelming. Yeah. Like I'm barely doing YouTube. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I struggle uploading like, my recitals to yeah. YouTube, you know? Like I'm barely doing this podcast every other week. Yeah. And then trying to do another video or two on top of that. Like yeah. it's, it's so much. But like these are the cool opportunities that I think especially in that education side of things. And it gets easier, I bet. 100%. I could easily see it becoming mindless work. 100%. Uh, you know, the hard part about it, mm -hmm. it becoming mindless work, and then this is the fun part. You oh, know? yeah. And after you get good at uploading and editing, mm -hmm. it's just kind of... Oh, yeah. Here's like, the, I've started getting into my own yeah. editing flow now after yeah. long enough, and I'm nice. like, oh, I know... I know at least enough about the colors that I need so that it doesn't look stupid. I know yeah. enough about making these cuts that it doesn't sound stupid and look dumb. Like all of this sort of stuff. Like yeah. it just takes a little bit of practice and stuff. And then then you've got it locked down enough yeah. that, that, that that expectation of everyone else, the collective public expectation, is... Is they don't know anything. Well below, yeah. yeah. Like I don't know anything. No one knows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No we're, one all, we're all yeah. out there knowing <laughs> nothing about this stuff. Straight up. Yeah. But yeah, I I can't wait because we were talking about how like the reckoning for <laughs> music academia. Like I cannot wait for that to include not only other styles, but yes. also other performance opportunities. Like that's yep. what my document's about. Yep. Like I just want so bad for people to be creative. You know? Yeah, I feel like it's kind of gotten lost in the academia of it all. It's just like you're here to learn and you're here to learn in this specific way. And I think a lot of teachers are doing a good job of teaching. I, I think especially at UNL. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I think we've – I have really liked all the professors I've had, I think, here. I don't think yeah. there's one where I'm like, yeah, I would never take that person's class again. Yeah, like I would even – some classes I don't think I would want to take. Unless they were restructured. And I'm talking classes. Yeah. And I'm going to specify yeah. that. Like, cl <laughs> some classes yes. I wouldn't want to necessarily take unless they were restructured, right? Yeah. But the instructors for those classes, the thing I've started to learn a lot more and recognize is, like, like their passion and their heart for what it is that they want to teach just yes, isn't being able to be conveyed exactly. into the class, which I wish could be fixed. And it's yeah. got to be. In one way or another, like I, can't, I can't believe that it isn't able to be fixed. Yeah, that's well, what I can't just, believe. It's, it's a lot of there's a lot of that mumbo jumbo. Of so just, much of the higher ups outside of the music school or arts in general that just mm -hmm. don't get it mm -hmm. and don't really care to get it. True. And I think there there's a problem that will go. It goes all the way up to the top. I mean, 100%. let's be real. I mean, we're one of many civilized countries that. Uh, does not appreciate the arts, but in Europe, there's, I mean, Germany, mm -hmm. for instance, oh, like yeah. you can, I, I don't want to say it's easier to make a living, but it's a lot more plausible to make a living as an artist out there. Especially um, classical artists. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's just so many more opportunities to do it. And I think it's more nurtured from childhood up, mm -hmm. like in school, I feel like w in America, and I, you know, I don't want to put all of this us into a box, but mm -hmm. I feel like most, I didn't feel like anyone gave a crap about music except for the music teacher. 100%. And I felt like they were so caught up in school that it didn't matter that they were passionate about the music oh, at yeah. some, in some points, especially um, middle school is where I noticed mm -hmm. that the most. And that was when I got that's when I got one of my favorite music teachers and one of my biggest influences. Mm -hmm. But you could just tell that 
there's a lot of bullshit. Yeah. Like in you have, it. It's so unfortunate too. Cause I mean, I didn't go to a public any school, okay. yeah. <laughs> honestly. But like until now. Yeah. Until now. <laughs> right? Like until <laughs> until the very yeah, end. Yeah, the very end of it. But all. like for all of my middle school, elementary, everything, like, and especially like private, like church-based schools and yeah. stuff, like you're gonna run into so much, like, like, like the benefit of a smaller school yeah. is not really a benefit <laughs> under college. Yeah, like I would it agree. Really, isn't that much of a benefit because you do still have those people just put into the positions that aren't trained enough to actually teach you this and you as a student aren't trained enough don't have the cognitive understanding and function well enough then to be able to actually facilitate your own growth and understand stuff out on your own then like you like minusculely in high school a couple kids rarely in middle school right like it doesn't it doesn't work out that way and usually those kids have some type of musical parent a hundred percent family member of yeah. some type. Usually and they're, they're, and they're going already being pushed in that direction. Oh yeah. Like I think about some of my kids, like my, some of my kids like learning piano and stuff like their teacher. I know and for a lot of them, like, and we're good friends cause we went to union together. Right. And so like she, like we constantly talk about stuff and like, I'm reinforcing everything that she's teaching. Nice. I know already. That, that's and nice. she's reinforcing yeah. the stuff that I'm teaching. And I'm always like, Look, send me one of your kids that just doing percussion because they think it's easy. Please send them to me so that they yeah. can learn what a sixteenth note really is. Well, like, and <laughs> percussion, that's a rude awakening, oh, I think, 100%. for a lot of middle schoolers. What I- Wait. <laughs> It's not just the snare drum. My kid asked, one of my kids asked me today, he was like, which is easier, piano or drums? And I was like, neither. Yeah. Or or is drums harder than piano? I was like, it can be. Yeah. <laughs> Here, let me show you this recording. <laughs> and I and I proceeded to open my book and be like, you see these notes that you don't even know yet? Yeah. My seven-year-old or six-year-old stu- drum student knows them now. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. You do learn rhythms a lot earlier. A lot earlier. That was one of my favorite things to teach. My dad's a percussionist. My brother's a percussionist. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a percussionist in fifth grade. I had a snare drum. I learned how to do double stroke rolls and paradiddles and a few oh, of the yeah. other easy rudiments. <laughs> yeah, and I was about it and I loved it. And when I got there, there was like 30 kids from my class that were like, I'm, <laughs> I have two years of piano because I want to be a, a percussionist and now I'm going to be a percussionist. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to do percussion anymore. Uh-huh. Trombone was cool. And we had a family friend who's uh, in the Alabama Symphony. Oh, that's sick. So yes, I grew up listening to really, really good trombone. <sighs> so it was a very easy choice for me if it wasn't going to be percussion which I grew up hearing my dad Mm -hmm. play that stuff too and so yeah I grew up in a musical house I feel like I definitely had advantages for theory and stuff like that Mm -hmm. over a lot of people at the private school and I feel like something that in general is bad is that singers or vocalists aren't taught notes or not aren't taught rhythms and they're not Mm -hmm. taught key signatures and I feel like it's so useful to know that as a singer and I don't get why it's not a thing. I think it's so weird because I, I agree on an instrument. We've talked about this so many times. Like I really, and the more I think about it, I think of so many excuses as to why it's not. But every time I'm like, that's just an excuse. Like that's like, that's exactly what it becomes because like, I think about there are instrumentalists 
physical instrument, whatever you want to call them, yeah. like instrumentalists that don't know their key signatures. True. Oh, yeah. All the yeah. way through high school, yeah. you'll 100%. find at least a like, couple of those. Yeah. There's a lot of them. But like yeah. at a certain point, they're forced to do it because like for juries, you got to play your scales or your whatever's yeah. and you got to show that you know what you're doing. Yep. And you got to know what and the key is. And even some college auditions, and, they oh, make yeah, you play 100%. multiple scales. Me, like I don't care if you just say, like rather than say, sing a C scale or sing a D scale. Like, Sing a major scale. Exactly. Sing a minor scale. Because that's yeah. where then like it makes a little more sense and is more helpful because... Sure, if you don't know G sharp major versus B flat major yeah. off your ear, yeah. fine. Yeah. Whatever. Life but goes on. You'll be if fine. If you don't, like, as a vocalist, you should, rather than necessarily knowing the letter names, you should definitely know one, the intervals that create every scale that you can. Yeah. And that includes modes. Yeah. Because there are classical songs, especially older ones, I was ones, say that Renaissance. Use modes. And, like, if yeah. you're using Renaissance music, you can have modes, which allows you to both have a foot in Renaissance music and, and jazz, jazz at the same time. And, and whatever, yeah, yeah all I mean, sorts you can of stuff. Use a lot of it. Learn yeah. your pentatonic, learn your yeah. octatonic, learn all of these things because... Singing an octatonic scale. I still can't do that. It would be I really need to, hard. I need, to, I, need to, I need to work that out still. <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's like, a rough one. That's, that's something that's like so beneficial that 100% a oh, vocalist yeah. could learn if they were just explained, this is what you need to do these are the notes you need. Like, because like, it's also expected. Yeah. I remember when I was doing my undergrad, not knowing how to play piano well, cause like I took piano lessons and guitar lessons. Yeah. I, w I thought I was too good for reading notes for my guitar lessons. So I think that's a pretty classic guitar. Uh -huh. And guitar tabs there. teach me everything. <laughs> I can read those really quickly. Yeah, no so problem. Cause I, I know the read? song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was there. Oh, so I sad. The but like my piano eh, wasn't that great. Right. And so when I come into undergrad, having to play my part on the piano and I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Like, I can't do this. And so resort to listening to recordings. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's what you got to do. Yeah. Like you develop an ear pretty well. That you develop too. an ear for sure. Yeah. You also develop bad habits if you're not careful oh, trying yeah. to copy other people's sound. Yeah. Which ugh, like that's why I'm yeah. so glad I listened to like Sopranos whenever I learn my stuff, because it forces me to not be able to sing what they're singing. Yeah. Like, and, yeah, that's true. and it gave me a predisposition also because oftentimes I relate my voice better to sopranos than most tenors <laughs> just because like, interesting. Most of the tenors I end up hearing are those whiny. Yeah. Like Ian Bostriches and stuff. Yeah, and, kind of a whiny. Sound. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not about that. Me either. I mean, and I'm I'm no true vocalist. I just can sing rock sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and I did all that stuff in high school, and I was oh, yeah. in all the all that stuff. And I love singing, but I mean, I couldn't sing operatic tenor if you put it in front of me. I would, yeah, I would crash and burn. I could sing Broadway tenor. Hey, that's a move. I could do that. It's a move. I could sing rock. Hey, sing pop. There we go. Classical. <laughs> I no one no one would want to hear that unless it was like. English 20th century, like maybe like a Samuel Barber. Those are a fun time. Song cycle or something oh, yeah. like that. I can, I can maybe pull that off. Or your good old Ralph Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I love me some Ralph Vaughn Williams. Yeah, Rafe, Rafe is, uh, I, I could sing that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I maybe love some Britain. Rafe too. That's some, too. Oh, yeah. oh, some beautiful oh. music. Actually, a thing that you should think about putting on a recital. I don't remember the exact title, but it's for tenor strings, horn and harp. Ooh, I, I love that. Yeah. And it's Benjamin Britten song cycle. Uh, I gotta. Is this it? 
See? Well, also, too, t- uh, he has arrangements of uh, it's Nocturnal after John Dowland. Mm. Early. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cl- a guitar, and it's for tenor and guitar, which See, would be another cool, that'd be pretty awesome. hip ensemble that I think. And it's yeah. Benjamin Britten. See, and that's something. Great music. You see, you mentioning that, and it's only because we like very similar musical stuff. Yeah. It's just like, I'm always looking for something that's not that standard yeah. stuff. You the, know? the, cause everyone's heard a the dude sing to a piano. Yeah. Aria from, <laughs> yeah. which yeah. we're going to have to hear. <laughs> I truly despise <laughs> that Aria. So every year of my undergrad, we had the concerto competition mm-hmm. and three of the four years we had a different bass sing Papagena's aria and so i like really i love magic flute i think it's great if, and if any of you haven't seen ingrid bergman's movie version of the opera uh, if you've never seen that i'm gonna need to watch that yeah awesome are you in the opera no. are you doing okay Mm-mm, i didn't okay. do any okay. it is a great movie version of an opera about mm. as good as they get see uh i like i like but that. it is magic flute see you know that's what it is i like magic flute sometimes yeah <laughs> It but does yeah. have one of the earliest trombone sections in music. So there we go. props to Mozart. Straight up. Yep. Him and his trombones and clarinets. Yep. Move. Push him forward. Yeah, got a spot <laughs> right here for him. <laughs> but yeah, I freaking, I love that non-standard sort of rap stuff. That's and, the kind of stuff that I am, I like a lot as well. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that it's just stuff that's not performed. And I really don't know why. And I think part of mm-hmm. it too is, the it's, logistics of getting people together is hard. Yeah. I agree. But like, I think especially for somewhere like here, it Yeah, when we have the numbers to be able to have the numbers. We have anyone that like, even if you we weren't able to get like Pete to play guitar, yeah. right? Or or Malachi, Malachi or whoever. Yeah. Or Tetsuya, maybe yeah, even. Or, or like yeah. but like there's Daniel Martinez who's in town and he gigs all the time and he's yeah. a phenomenal classical guitarist. Oh no. Nice. Like it it establishes relationships with musicians in yeah. the area so that you actually get professional, practical relationships, which yep. is one thing that I know for, I'll, I would almost say for, no, I don't want to say it that way. But for a lot of students, like, that's very lacking. Like, you don't yep. get that necessarily without a lot of extra effort or without a teacher that really Yeah, that's like knows. saying you're going to, yeah, well, and you're going to go do this. 100%. It's going to be good for yeah. you. Yeah, because like a master's, maybe a master's student, right? But like for sure a doctorate student hopefully knows how to make... Sell themselves a little bit. Yeah, and actually go out, reach out to people, be able to get stuff going together. But like, I'll be honest, I didn't know how to do that until like this last two, three years. It's a weird feeling if you've never done it. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think I gained a lot of experience doing this kind of crap just by being a a band teacher. Yeah. Because you're having to, you know... I, I, I did my own solo mm-hmm. contests and stuff at my oh, school yeah. and tried to get a couple other small schools involved and finding judges. And I was in charge of the musical and all that stuff. And you have to reach out to people in the community and colleges for like musicals, especially at a small mm-hmm. school. It's like you have to go find costumes. Oh yeah. So you have to reach out to a college mm-hmm. to be like, Hey, we're doing this musical. Do you have any costumes that would fit in this area? Could we, you know, borrow them for this long. Mm-hmm. We can pay you if you need, blah, blah, blah. But it's the same thing as 100%. kind of just like, hey, I got a group. We're good. Here's some recordings of us. Oh, yeah. If you have any openings, we'd love to play. 100%. And I mean, that opens you up so much more to stepping outside and doing that in more non standard sort of stuff. Yep. 
all over the place, which is, I firmly believe, one very key way that you can make a unique name for yourself easily. Oh, yeah. Because the number of people well, that... Bobby. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, he's yeah. a great example. 100%. Came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. He's the guy. Yeah, 100%. Because like, he knew how to... Just hop in the there business. and do that. Yeah. yeah. That's another thing. Music performance should require a music business class for the degree. 100%. More so than even intro into grad studies in my eyes. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you don't know how to write, yeah. you're going to figure it out or you're going to get <sighs> left behind. 100%. I mean, like even in that class, that's how it, that's how it felt. Like yeah. I feel like I could have gained so much more learning. I mean, audio stuff, video mm-hmm. stuff, website stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Because like a website is your, like your website should be or your YouTube channel or your Instagram or your whatever yeah. should at this point be pretty close to your portfolio yeah. as a performer. Yep. <clears throat> that, that is what it is. Like I that's mean, what it, like that's what people look at it yep. as. So like whether it be that you go all out and have your own like separate individual one or you just say all of them. Yeah. Like all of my social media is my professional social media. Either way you want to play it, right? Yep. You still need to understand how it works because like if I didn't have my website already, like there were there are people that I've collaborated with that literally just like because I either have my website in my uh in my email signature or because they just oh, yeah. Googled my name, find my website, yeah, watch a recital that I gave and are like, Oh, I like you doing this. And I was like, What? When did you oh that's right. Yeah. This, <laughs> you know? this is posted, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like that's how that's one of the best ways to like foster those collaborations, you know, without much effort. Yeah. Or Bef- literally <clears throat> almost any effort yeah, at all. I mean, really. even, I mean, once it's up there, it's just there. It's there you know? and it's going to help you. 100%. I mean, that's something that that's one of my goals for the end of the doctorate is get a good website up, get oh, it yeah. nice and clean, have some good recordings, have some good videos, mm-hmm. have some new headshots. That's oh, something yeah. that that needs to be done. Yeah, after I should probably get a new too. headshot yeah. at some point. Yeah. Well, and I, that's, Another thing, like, I feel like we're not taught how to, especially in the modern world of music, especially because so much stuff is online now. Mm -hmm. It's like we need to be taught how to sell ourselves as performers. Oh, yeah. And it's so different than, because I mean, you couldn't sell yourself as a performer in nearly the same way. 40 years ago. No way. And I mean, the, the crazier, not even the crazier thing, but like the crazy thing with that too is, you know, like I understand that we're doing degrees in academia and actually uh, uh, Bobby's fiance, Josie, actually said this. Okay. <clears throat> she, she said, literally academia, like music academia prepares you just to be in music academia. Yes, that is which is what true. Yeah. Which is exactly what it's for. Yeah, kind you'll of. be fine but, if you decide to stay in. Yeah, you'll university be perfectly life. fine if you stay in that space. And even then, I feel like they don't prepare you for some of the additional things, e- the emails <clears throat> yeah. and the meetings, and because I remember for teaching band, mm-hmm. you know, you th- when you go to music at, I mean, I was so gung ho. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be. High school band director. I'm gonna oh, yeah. have some sick jazz band, you know. Yeah. I'm a, <clears throat> yeah. I, I was like all about them. I was like, I'm gonna have a combo. I'm gonna do the music for musicals and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And it's like most of the time you're just sending emails back to parents and other faculty mm-hmm. members 
or you're teaching kids that are being forced to be in, in, in music or they truly hate it. And to like not, it. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, which is so, so freaking draining. It's ridiculous. It does. Yeah. Every one of my mentors, like for student teaching and all that, none of them listen to music. Yeah. Which was like maybe the first sign for me that I shouldn't do this job. hundred like, percent. And I saw it as a warning sign, but I like was like, I, that won't be me. And that's what's crazy too, because I got lucky because I didn't have to teach for long. Yeah. Because I only taught for a semester just being a long-term sub. Okay. And so it was great because it was at a small high school, a yeah. private high school. So I was the music director and did everything. Oh, so nice. I got an accelerated uh, experience doing, yeah. <laughs> teaching their handbells, their choir, their band wow. slash orchestra, private lessons and whatever instrument, even though like... I like strings. Yeah, that is what it is. I like. know for a fact no one's good at violin until they're twenty. They played it for twenty years. <laughs> yeah. So like, there's. <laughs> I'm a very very poor violinist as like, well. My my like, my bow I don't technique. Even know how to hold this. Yeah, like, not I great. can't do it. And the different positions. Uh, Oops, sorry. <laughs> but not like, for me. Doing that, you know, like I got really lucky that I only did it for a semester. But also, like I. I tried my best to listen to music, but it was like, unless you can figure out a way to make it practically apply directly to what you're, what you're teaching. I did that. Which is exactly But right. not in a good way. Oh, and well, probably you know. not the, the... I was pretty much like, we're going to do a 20-minute lesson. Maybe I'm going to show you a piece of music or a song that you're going to like yeah. at the end. See... If you practiced, <laughs> if you didn't practice, we're going to be working the whole time. We're going to be practicing the whole time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, I had... <laughs> I... And I got lucky too because everything was kind of set up for me already, you know. And which is yeah, the, the expectation. Which is the trick. That's that's the trick. It is because you, when you're actually in charge, you have to set everything up. You have to, especially if you're new, undo things from the old teacher. Yeah. Make new oh, things do that I have should have been the, for you. like so much, right? Like all of this sort of stuff. Like I got lucky because I knew the teacher. Right? Well, that was part of so my student teaching. Uh, one of my supervisors was pregnant, mm -hmm. and she had her baby, oh, and yeah. so I just took her job. Yeah, like when she was gone for like whatever three weeks to a month mm -hmm. of that first you know month of the kid being in there. Oh yeah, uh, she was pretty much like. Well, this will be a great opportunity for you. I won't be there at all. It's up to you. You're in charge of everything. And I was like, this is awesome, though. You know, I yeah. was stoked. And they already had expectations put into place. Mm -hmm. So these kids listened to whatever I said. Oh, yeah. I didn't have to work hard. And I was like, oh, my Amen. gosh, teaching is awesome. <laughs> this is great. We're, we're getting things done. These kids are listening to me. And then when I started teaching for real... These kids hated me because I wasn't the last lady and the lady before me was pregnant as mm -hmm. well, actually, and had her kid and didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. She was th barely there when she was there. Literally, insane. <laughs> some of the stories. So one of my middle schoolers came in first week of lessons and was mm -hmm. like, I don't have my instrument. And I was like, well, what? yeah, and I was, like, <laughs> well, I was like, okay, well, why? And they're like, well, because the the la Mrs. Mrs. H or whatever let us just sit on our laptops during lessons. What? Yeah, so they would just leave their class and go sit in the band room. What? Yeah, so I had my sixth graders didn't know how to hold their instruments correctly, didn't know how to play anything. Mm -hmm. So it was as low of a band from bottom to top, high school even. Mm. They didn't learn a thing for the last two years. Yeah, she would like... For her, she did a she hosted a solo contest, and then <laughs> this blows my mind. 
decided I don't feel very good the day of and called the choir teacher and was like, hey, can you run my solo contest for me? And the choir director, who is a great friend of mine, Mm. one of my favorite people ever, was like, no. (laughs) It's just going to get canceled if you don't show up. I'm not going to do any of that. That's so much work that is not in my contract. I'm not doing that. So she showed up and was fine. Uh But like that was where the band was at when I got there. And they all hated me because I was like super passionate and really wanted to make a good band. And like maybe five or six of the high schoolers were like, he really wants to do well. Mm -hmm. So we're going to listen to him. And then the other 30 of them were like, I can't believe this new guy. He wants us to practice. He wants me to play my instrument. He wants to play difficult music. And like by difficult music, I mean Leroy Anderson's Sleigh Ride, which we didn't get to play because (laughs) it was too hard. Oh my God. So that can show you where the band was at. See, that's so insane. Like that speaks to so many things of one, teach. Teach, how do you how do you get a job one yep. how do you get a degree <laughs> to do said job two like yeah how did you get through all of that work how did you, to just not do anything like how did that not show up anywhere because well, that you didn't have to teach is not a teacher anymore well that they Which were never a teacher we're all better off yeah 100% we're all better off that way but like it's so crazy man yeah. like but I really, I really feel that two things. One, like there's always a way or an opportunity to actually like, because we know of good music teachers. Really? We've hopefully been them, you know? Yeah, I try. And- yeah. And like there's so many ways to go about it and so many ways I think especially that I, I really want to think that there's a way to actually teach people to teach. Not everyone, right? Like not everyone is suited to actually teach. Like everyone has their different skill sets, right? And abilities. But what you should be able to find out and what you should be encouraged to do is find where your strengths actually lie, for one. And if you feel like you have to do it, even though your strengths don't lie there, make strengths. Yes. Like work your ass off. Like it needs to happen. Yep. Or don't do it. Yeah. Or don't like that's that's there is enough people out there. That will want to do it and will put in the work. A hundred percent. And everyone will be better off for it. Yep. Like I think of like all the performance people that did performance as their undergrad and are now trying to teach like (laughs) and whether it be because they didn't realize that when they moved to New York or L.A. or wherever they were going to get hard. They were going to have to live in their car. Rent doesn't make any sense. So why did you move there to be a performer? Find a smaller place or yeah, like that start has a from scene something. Yeah. yeah like find a scene work through there omaha is a or, pretty damn good scene yeah even here is an all right yeah. scene just because of the fact that you can go to omaha if you need yeah more i was stuff. just gonna say like, the fact that they're that interchangeable makes this a great area for hundred percent yeah like and the music scene here in town has so many people that are like there to actually work with you and actually encourage and help build you up. Yeah, this is a good educator you, town in general. I will give it that. 100%. Everyone that's here is, is like for the most part, very, very welcoming and wanting yeah. you to do a good job. Like that's, that's so much of a better move and an opportunity because, and now too, with the fact that like you can make a living as a professional performing musician or whatever random aspect of that you want to do now because being an artist is just so varied now. Yes. Like you can do that. You can have a live performing like life here. You can make a YouTube channel and teach slash yep. perform slash whatever. Right. Like yep. Adam Neely has a master's degree. 
Like yeah. it's <laughs> like, and he utilizes it. Yeah. He doesn't use all of it for sure because, like, he's probably making some pretty damn good money. A hundred percent too. Like that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I've talked to Cameron about this a ton. Like the fact that you can, like, getting a thousand subscribers isn't really that hard if you're consistent. Yeah. And you have something that like you're passionate about and good about. And they you will, and you promote it one. Yeah, you promote it. But boom. not to a point where it's obnoxious. Exactly. You get it? Boom. You could even do it to a point where it's obnoxious and it'll work. And it, it will it'll work. work. Yeah. It'll just, you'll have a it's lot always, of annoying it's people. It's there, yeah. <laughs> they know <laughs> about <laughs> it, though. 100%. Yeah. But, like, you can do that. A 1,000 isn't that bad. Well, you know what's not too bad after you get a 1,000? 10,000. And after 10, 50, 100. Yep. Boom. 100,000 people, if you know how to market yourself outside of just trying to get YouTube ads, yeah. right? Then you got a business. Like, you've got an actual business. Yeah. Like, you can do what so many music content creators do. One, Patreon exists for that. Re like, you have 100,000 subscribers. Yep. And you have you, a Patreon. You better have a Patreon if like, you. You have a Patreon. One percent of those people giving you a dollar yeah. is a thousand dollars. Like, that's one percent. Yeah, and that's assuming you just have them give you one dollar. Yeah, like so many more things. Oh, I have a buddy who is out in Brooklyn right now. One mm -hmm. of the most talented artists that I've ever known. Actually, one of the biggest mentors on my life as well. I went to high school with him. Mm -hmm. um, but he. Was you know went to Chicago Art Institute, oh yeah, and was like this super out there modern art guy. Love him to death, and now he has his own Patreon, and he does really long walks all over the country and interviews random people, kind of like the the humans of New York type really? stuff. And he makes a living doing that with like side art collecting hanging like he does art hanging mm -hmm. and stuff like that too because he's got experience in that sure. and he writes a magazine called pedestrian and this is me saying go look up pedestrian newsletter alex wolf um, there we go but yes he and he's yeah he's living his art dream in a way that is completely different than I think he imagined it. Because when I knew him, it was he was a monster colored pencil artist, mm -hmm. and he was really good with charcoal and and all this other stuff. And then he went to art school and he started doing more uh, performance art and and more out there stuff. And yeah, and then he just he did graphic design for a while and he liked it and he was doing make he actually did I think he did some posters for Phoenix the band if you know mm. them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is yeah pretty pretty legit. For, for an artist that's and and now he's doing this and I think it's super sick and it, and it's like he makes a lot of this money by putting a newsletter mm -hmm. of what he does on his Patreon and for a dollar a month or whatever you get sent this newsletter that he formats and writes yeah. himself and you get you know specific full uncut interviews with some of the people that he interviews oh, yeah. and things like this and he's in Brooklyn so like he did a walk from Brooklyn to Philadelphia shoot so like he like real ass walking like he's walking like full days oh, and like man. crashing at you know New Jersey one night mm -hmm. crashing some place in Pennsylvania some you know like and he's just documenting the whole thing recording it all stopping at random oh, yeah. shops and stuff like that and I mean and it's it's art oh yeah and it's and it's it's super hip and it's like its own weird thing and it's exactly what i imagined alex would be doing but not at all what i imagined he would be 100 percent. and i think it's that's the point of this yeah is that you can do that and if if it's not working in the way you thought it can work there's ways to adapt and oh, still yeah. make a living in a way that you would enjoy doing without 
you know, selling out or, you know, doing something that you don't think is worthy of your time or whatever. hundred percent. Like that's the, <clears throat> that's the thing I've found more and more crazy is that like, we understand art is hard. Like, Every, anything's hard. Yeah. Like, but like art is very, very difficult because you put so much of yourself into it. Yeah. Right. And it's something <clears throat> that the general public not, doesn't necessarily feel the same way about a hundred percent, especially cause it's so varied and there's so many different yeah. kinds of art and yeah, but like very difficulties of how to understand it. And the everything. crazy cool thing about it too, though, is like that, you know, exactly because the, for every person that has a different perspective, view, dream, shaping of what their art is, mm-hmm. right? Whether it be f- mu- musical, where like we're pr- primarily spaced, right? Yeah. Whether it be performing art, whether it be visual, like just charcoals, paints, yeah. whatever's, right? <clears throat> like there is just a full spectrum, left, right, in between, everywhere oh, yeah. that allows us to like actually do stuff. You know, and every single one of those things can work. They can. You just have to put in the time and the effort. You got to put in the time and the effort. And you have to keep the passion alive. 100%. And to be fair, like, and I think this is the crazy thing too, because I think like now anything can work. Like because of the fact that like. Oh, we're in the age of over. Inf- overload of information. hundred yeah. percent. So we can send whatever it is that we make out. Yeah. And, and there so will be a group of there people. will be people that find it and that do like it. Yep. Like the number of people I've watched go from having one or like just being on Reddit, throwing their stuff in a like in the picture subreddit or yep. in the art sub subreddit, and then having their own subreddit and then quitting their job to have a Patreon all in within a year, six yeah. months, eight months. Like, well, I think a great example is Wolfpack. Oh, 100%. I think one of the best examples of the modern era of music mm-hmm. is how they did it. I mean, they're music school kids oh, from yeah. University of Michigan that liked R&B music, liked funk music, liked jazz, really liked the, you know, the standard rhythm section grooves. And they're like, we're going to create a traveling rhythm section, mm-hmm. which 40 years ago... Would have, people would have laughed at you. 100%. They would have been like, that's dumb. Yeah. That's a stupid idea. Whereas what's funny too, like 40 years ago, people would be like, yeah, you could be, you could perform a recital for money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe not 40, 50, yeah. <laughs> 52, yeah. 50 to 70. But like, you could do that. You could perform a recital for money and like, at, and people would come, people come for a cover. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, and people would come people too. Would. That's the thing. It's, it was a different world then because there was not YouTube. Mm-mm. Now, yeah. I mean, I love recitals and I'll go yeah. to people's recitals, but I definitely understand why people don't go to recitals. hundred percent. Like it's the same reason that I think like as much as I love singing standard rap, fewer people will care about me singing standard rap other than people that know me, which I mean, yeah. fair, right? Well, but and they're like, going to support you regardless exactly. of what but you like, sing. Exactly, but fewer people outside of that circle will necess- will care all that much about me singing standard rep, and they probably wouldn't necessarily go out of their way to like listen to me perform it because for my standard rep, there's thousands of other people that have performed standard rep that are just right there on Spotify and YouTube yep. that are world-renowned, prof- top-tier professionals. It's true. So, like... Why? Like they can listen to that for free. Yeah. Like, what? Why they come listen to some punk yeah. kid singing? Yeah. Not as good as. Yeah. Versus 
having the opportunity for me to sing, oh, I, I I think I told you about when I uh, tried to get uh, a clear midnight. It's a uh, set by Simon Sargon. Oh, okay. Super awesome, but it's yeah. for baritone, horn, and piano. And that's it. But that super dope, right? Yeah. And I was like, these would make some cool videos. I just don't have like I just wanted to make sure they were in my range. Was denied the opportunity to perform. Oh, really? Music. Mm-hmm, legit. And <clears throat> and I was like, but like, I just want to put your music out there. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like this like, guy was like, mm-hmm, didn't mm-mm. really? Yeah. He was. He was like, I wrote this for this baritone person. horn and piano because of the timbre of the horn and the baritone. And I was like, that's fair. Yeah. But there's tons of baritones that like might not have the sound of like. Yeah, that, that a, would a match, baritone, baritone, you know? yeah. Like, and I'm fully confident that I can Simon make this sound Estes. good, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can make this sound good, even though I'm a tenor. Like, my range extends lower yeah. than a lot of tenors. And you got some, and it's, some balls it, it's to it. It's got some warmth. Yeah. So much warmth than heaviness to it. That's my... <clears throat> yeah, you know? And barret, so like, the barret tenor. Exactly. As we and so say. I was like, <laughs> I'm glad that you consider me a tenor. Like, yeah. that's cool. But, like, I also know, like, my range extends... What was the lowest to, note? I think the lowest note was not even an A. It was, ah. like a, it was like a B, B flat or something. Like, I was like, come on. Yeah, sing that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's like... I was like, I can sing that full voice tenors well. should be able to Most sing that. Most tenors should. Yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> I feel like that's a note I, that yeah. comes up in tenors. Exactly. Some, some yeah. sometimes. Uh, yeah. Like if you're doing what I do and extending to the low because I yeah. can exploit it. But like. If you're singing Misty, you got to, I got to, I mean. If yeah, you're you got to have that A flat you, yeah. in Misty. I was like, going to say. <laughs> and, and some days I have that A flat. <laughs> you got to have an that's, A flat for it. But like, and you got to have a good B flat too. A hundred percent. So it's like, place. so it's like. It would have been awesome to kind of do that collaboration and do that sort of stuff. Yeah. And especially because there's only two recordings of it and one recording is the only one you can find. And then the recordings that are on YouTube are in the standard recital one camera yeah. format that isn't like a good camera. It's like a phone camera yeah. equivalent, not yeah, well recorded some, audio thing. And I was yeah. like, we can, I can make professional audio recordings of this, make an actual music video of this. You can use all of this to whatever That's something the percussion section is, is very good at. And especially mm-hmm. when was it? Ian and Ian Willick. Yeah. yeah who, yeah, yeah. who are those guys that made remember, all the but videos? Made that, yeah. But they, they were sick. great. Yeah. And that's some shit we need to be learning in school. A hundred percent. Because you know what they can do with that? They can make their own channel. They can do whatever. Yeah. They and can, it looks good. It looks so sick. It's awesome. Yeah. Like, even if the music isn't, you know, and it is. I mean, the music is mm-hmm. great, but even if the music isn't amazing, it's like those videos look professional as shit. Yeah. And you get a combo of art that, is what everyone's always looking for now too, you know? Yeah, like, they want good without video. Even, good without even thinking about it too. Yeah. Because it's just expected. the level of expectation and competence of understanding. It's the same reason why like mo- the way movies were written 50 years ago, yeah. 100 years ago, will not fly now 90% yeah. of the time because like everyone's understanding, even if they don't realize it, their standards are just way higher. Yes, it's true. But... You know, it's it's what it is. Like we all got these opportunities, and we can do whatever it is, and that's why it's so dope that we yes. can just make make music, make art, however it is. Because catch us five years with our cool animations, like that'll be. And I think all of the best artists that I know have constantly tried to recreate themselves. Mm-hmm. So you know, I I think that if you're constantly craving for something more and adapting, it can work. Mm-hmm. And especially, I mean, 
if we're in the world of academia, which most likely we will stay in, I mean, and I, I mm-hmm. as much as I hate it, I love academia. Yeah. I mean, I love school. Um, and to be a professor, you get to do recitals mm-hmm. a lot. Oh yeah. And that gives you the time to give people the opportunity to hear, Hey, that was cool. That was hip. I've never heard something like that. I'm, I'm glad that something like this can be done in this setting. Yeah. I also think that recitals should, there should be more bars that have classical music in a less serious setting. Oh man. A hundred percent. You, you need to check out the second up with, uh, Greg and, uh, with, and Janik Chris. and Chris. Yeah. Cause we talked about that briefly. Like yeah, it's, it'd be so awesome to have that kind of venue. That's one of my one of my dream backseat ideas that I've always wanted to do is open a distillery, but an, a distillery that has a huge stage. Bro, why don't we just like we just need like one other person? Yeah, and oh, we will. Do I already this. have people Not that even, are like, like, I have some older people that are like, if you do that, I'll 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 fund it. Well, let's do it. I bro. want because <laughs> I feel like. Theater is so cool, mm-hmm. and it's pretty snooty as well. Mm-hmm. We need more dinner theater or theater. bar theater. Yeah. <laughs> we need more cool thespians, you mm-hmm. know. We we and I think that also there just needs to be a place that's like, hey, we have a stage, and it's always there. Yeah, if you want to come do a dry run of your recital before your actual graded recital. Come play at this time and people will be drinking and doing and talking, but you can go play in front of people, which is what people need to do. hundred percent. And I think that is a great environment to start playing in front of people. Oh yeah. Because it, it does make it less intimidating for when people are listening to you directly. And honestly, I think that's because Greg had talked about this too, like I said, yeah. but like that I think is probably one of the best ways that we could make that school aspect practical yep you know like actually the real practical for performers especially yep how do you do these logistics like actually open it up so that the so that these students and who have a night of the week how to do it have a night of the week that you're just like this i don't want to say open mic night no necessarily yeah but like we're going to have classical Thursdays oh, yeah. where if you have chamber ensembles or solo acts that want to come up and do 30 minutes, 45 minutes of a performance, go up there and do your time and people Hashtag will just be there. Thursdays. Yeah. And For people all- will be drinking <laughs> and hanging out and chatting, but you, there will be music in the background, which is what most people think of classical music at this point. Anyway, you know, honestly, not going to lie. I think I think we're gonna need to move on this a hundred percent. Yep. <clears throat> like That's, there's there's because I I literally just thought about like not just but like yeah. as you were saying it I'm like that would that would do it. Well, and if you have a big stage, yeah, you could do musicals, you could do big bands, mm-hmm. you could do rock bands, you could do stand up comedy. Oh yeah, you could do you slam poetry. You can do whatever. Whatever the hell you want. You got a stage, and it's ah oh, that would be so sick. Make and like, then alcohol uh, is nice too because yeah, people yeah. like alcohol. <laughs> like it, that, I'm. I don't know. Second time's the charm. Evidently, that yeah. that is happening. Like right. That's we're we're doing that. A distillery. I don't know how we're doing it. It's pretty hip here do too. I don't. Yeah. I feel like Omaha is maybe one or two. Yeah. This is this is the kind of area. Des Moines. This is the place. Yeah. 
Kansas, well, Kansas City might be a little saturated. Us Midwesterners for, like to get their like drink, drink on. And breweries. Yeah. Before that was wineries. Mm-hmm. Obviously, what's next? Oh, yeah. Hard liquor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's next. It's all, it's, it's very doable. The hard thing about a distillery is whiskey takes time. True. So you would have to start the distillery with just clear spirits. You could do your vodkas and your gins and your aquavits and things like that, but whiskey would take a few years. Um, and rum would rum. I you do clear rum. Yeah. Your spiced rums take some time. But yeah, dude, I I think the end. I feel like if you're distilling alcohol, you might as well be maybe brewing some smaller batch mm-hmm. micro brew stuff because that's easy to sell, yeah. if not easier to sell. Um, and then do food like. Have a chef, yeah, and say this is the meal, yeah. Or I don't know, I don't know that that could be expensive too, though. Or you could just have like a Your low snack. key small menu, yeah. Snack if you have like a teasers, makes me think about. Uh, I think it was it wasn't Portlandia. It was a uh, documentary. Now I which, love documentary. Oh, I freaking love documentary. Is have it you, Juan likes chicken and rice? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Do something like that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes there's no banana at all. <laughs> You will come yeah. <laughs> for miles. If he can't if he can't catch the chicken with his hands, there's, there's no, no chicken, chicken on there. But we drove all the, we got all the way out here. No chicken on the menu. I love that episode. And I love that show. That's one of my that, favorite shows. That one kills me. I just watched the um co-op one. Oh, co-op's by my favorite. J- oh, so, so hilarious. If you haven't seen the original documentary. That it's based on. No. Because they're all based on real documentaries. Yes, I did know that. So, And if you've never seen, I think it's Yuri, Dreams of Sushi. Mm. That's what Juan Likes Rice and Chicken is based on. Um, But Co-op is based on the original broadcast recording of Company, Stephen Sondheim's Oh, really? Yeah, so that scene where they make the old lady sing (laughs) over and she's got an eye appointment. And she's got to leave. (laughs) So that is like almost ripped directly from the original documentary with Sondheim doing that to Elaine Stretch. Wow. Who's like one of the most famous Broadway stars (laughs) of all time. And who's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's it's actually the recording of The Ladies Who Lunch. Man. If you know that tune. But yes, if you've never seen that, I own it. I'll let you borrow it. Uh, Uh, And there's... On the, uh, it just got remastered with Criterion. Oh I'm yeah, a big big film Ooh. geek, and that was See, like the bro. Newest. I don't understand how you know all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> big old film geek, but that documentary, D. A. Pennebaker, who's mm-hmm. like the king of documentaries, mm. uh, just went into the studio. They booked out the studio for twenty four hours to record the entire s- session or the entire uh, musical oh, of yeah. company, and <laughs> so it's like a twenty four hour session. Um, and they just go through the whole thing and Sondheim and like John Mulaney wrote I, it based on I love on, Mulaney so, so he's much so funny. he's like my favorite well comedian. and he's so good at a Sondheim like once so you see the original <laughs> thing he's so snooty <laughs> But like in such like a like I love you, but I hate you. Yeah, exactly. Like when he's when what's the word harpoon or whatever. Now, now, yeah, yeah. And he keeps like making her say different words. <laughs> Would you say that this way? Like that is so what Sondheim is like in the original. Oh man! Movie. But yeah, co-op they put it on this new edition on the <gasps> on the company DVD as well. Yes, and they have hilarious. interviews with John Mulaney. And Eliza Gadbury oh, um, yeah. on it about the making of Co-op <laughs> and like how it related to Man, the original documentary. But yeah, it's so great. Hilarious. And that's an amazing documentary. Shoot. One of the best ever made, especially in the music world, because mm-hmm. it's I feel like it's one of the early behind the scenes of this is what 
recording is a Broadway, mm-hmm. you know, full cast recording. It's yeah. so weird. <laughs> it's and and co-op does such a great job of making fun of it too. Every oh. second of it. I've watched co-op, Claire literally like will will get mad at me if I if I'm like let's watch co-op. She'd be like, <laughs> you've seen that thing ten times. Now. I started watching it. I watched it with Crystal last week. Is when we so saw it, good. and she she died. It is so I, oh I love good. it so much. And Richard Kind, who mm-hmm. I just have a man crush on oh, anyway. What a great like guy. John Mulaney's yeah. great, but Richard Kind. <laughs> Love Richard oh, and, and him yeah. with his. I'll show you. I'll show you Allegro or whatever it is. You don't think I know what Allegro is? And he runs out of breath anyway. Allegro. Yeah, oh, that's man. such a good uh, documentary man. now. So good. What a great show. All right, man. I guess we're done. This yeah. is this has been this has been it's awesome. Been You're gonna have to be back on again. Yeah. and you definitely will be. But yeah, get me on, and me and Greg will talk about this business. Oh yes, we're gonna put it together. Yeah. I don't agree. I'm helping facilitate it, obviously, so it's gonna happen. But I got plans, oh, bro. And I, I literally like I talked to some of Claire's family members and some of my family members, and they're like, "It's a great idea. If you ever give actual business plans out, you know, I would probably be interested in helping." We're out. doing this, okay? Like, so look, yeah. here's the here's the deal. The animations are gonna be in the next ten years. This, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. distillery brewery. We got all five. Yeah, yeah. That's that's just so that you know. All right, so. Thanks, my man. I love it. You're the bomb. Thanks for having me. (laughs) For sure. All right. That's that. Tight.